Welcome back to the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People. I'm your host, Gabby Mazur, and on today's episode, we're going to talk about autoimmune disease. There's about 180 plus autoimmune diseases out there, and my guest, Rachel Strelka, has two autoimmune diseases that uh, one I know a lot of people can relate to, and I also have an autoimmune disease that I know more and more people are being diagnosed with. So we're going to talk all about it, all about our symptoms, all about being diagnosed in our process and how we've come out on the other side. Welcome back to the Fit Minute Podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Mazar, and on today's episode, I have a friend here today, Rachel Strelka, and we're going to talk about autoimmune disease. Uh, Her and I both have autoimmune disease. We have different ones, but um, I just want to talk about kind of the process of that and what we've been through, and it'll be great. So welcome, Rachel. Hello. Um, Tell me what autoimmune disease you have and kind of explain them to people. I think you have psoriasis, but people know what that is for the most part. So just kind of go into some of that. So I do have plaque psoriasis. Okay. So there's, I think, four different types of psoriasis. So I have the one that will show large white patches of scales on my skin wherever it's affected. And then I also have HS, which is hydrogentitis superativa. Okay. So I get... Um, cysts or boils um, in my armpits, my groins, my thighs, my breasts, um, and they tend to come and go. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's one of those things, there's no cure. It's just treatable. Is it painful? They are. So there's been times where they've gotten so big where I can't wear certain shirts or I can't feel like I can't put my arms down because mm-hmm. it's squeezing in my armpit. Or, you know, I have to sit kind of funny because you've got one in the crook of your leg. Mm-hmm. or So they can be kind of painful. Um, and there's really not a whole lot they can do for The it. dermatologist ha- he was like, oh, well, you need to lose weight. Good luck. <laughs> I've definitely been there. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I have uh, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which I was diagnosed with um, six years ago. And I think I had it for probably a lot longer than I think I did, but it started to get really bad. And same thing, I went to a couple different endocrinologists, and one of them, his recommendation for me when I told him I'm still gaining weight, I am extremely tired, you know, I don't think this medication is working. He said some of my clients say that working out helps them, and I literally like wanted to flip him the bird because I was <laughs> so pissed. Oh, really working out? How I'm like, do you read my client file? You know, I teach classes, I work out, I'm a trainer. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so I think kind of the the diagnosis process sucks. It's awful. And, you know, going through that first initial of, you know, okay, you've been diagnosed and now we have to treat this right. also sucks because I think a lot of times – you know, traditional doctors will think that you're just full of it, you know, yeah. like, oh, okay, yeah, you're tired. Okay, you have foggy brain or whatever, you know. 
instead of treating the patient, they're treating a disease and not considering what all of the oh, yeah. options are. For my HS, I went to, I think I was 19 or 20 the first time I had a really bad one, and it was in my armpit. Mm-hmm. I stayed at a friend's house, woke up, and had like oil almost like in my armpit. And uh-huh. I was really freaked out. Luckily, she's like super mom. So I'm like, what is this? What do I do? <laughs> She's like, oh, it's probably an ingrown hair. Let me get some tweezers. We'll pull the hair out. It probably just abscessed. Uh And she's like Dr. Pimple Popper Queen. Uh Loves all that stuff. So I'm like, That's disgusting. And she's like, no, it's fine. I'll do it for you. It'll be great. And you'll feel better. Not my thing. (laughs) She had the tweezers a quarter of an inch inside the hole. (gasps) And there was nothing in there. And I couldn't feel it. It was so weird. Oh, that is so weird. So I'm like, okay, well, it's not like like, there's no pain in the actual abscess, so uh-huh. it must not be an abscess. So I start going to my PCP, and I'm going back and forth, and they're like, oh, it's a sebaceous cyst. Put some heat, put a hot rag on it. You'll feel better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh, thanks. Yeah, so it was actually, like, five or six years later, my OB, when I was pregnant, was the one who had seen one in my groin area doing a pelvic exam, and she said, oh, you have HS. And I sat up so fast. I said, you know what I have? She goes, you don't? (laughs) No, I don't. I've had no idea. Apparently nobody else does either. So she said, you know, it's no big deal. Not a lot you can do about it when you're pregnant, but just make an appointment with a dermatologist after the baby's born. She was so much more helpful than the dermatologist. Because he just said, he literally said, okay, you need to quit smoking. Like, yeah, I know. (laughs) Okay. Because I did really good when I was pregnant and then. Yeah. Not so good after. But um, you quit smoking and lose weight. It'll go away. And it, oh, no. No. That has not worked. But it's one of those things where, in the grand scheme of things, I have it usually fairly under control. One pops up here or there, and you're like, oh, okay. But um, the experience with the psoriasis was totally different. Okay. Tell me about that. So I started getting, like, a dry, dry patch on my elbow, which mm-hmm. is one of the more common right. forms yeah. of the first place it kind of shows up is like elbows and knees. And then I'm like, well, that's really weird. Like I kept moisturizing, putting creams on and it wasn't going away, but my dad has really dry elbows. So I thought oh, maybe it's like a family thing. I don't know. <laughs> dry elbows. Like he does like that yeah. almost white all the time, yeah. but it's not like it's right. It's just yeah. black. It's just, it's just kind of dry all the time. So I actually worked with a esthetician at the time and I showed her and I said, Hey, you're good with skin. That's what you went to school for. Do, have you, what is this? Like, what can I put on this to get this to go away? She goes, oh, it looks like, um, they call it patchy skin. She goes, you can have it, like, lasered off or whatever. Ew. And I'm like, oh, that's gross. Well, I'll just keep moisturizing all the day. <laughs> well, then shortly thereafter, I got a spot on my hand. I got a spot on my wrist. And then I really freaked out because I'm a makeup artist. Mm-hmm. And my hands are in people's faces. I got one on the palm of my hand. And I'm like, okay, this is not normal. So I go to the dermatologist. He takes one look at it. He goes, oh, you have just a little bit of psoriasis. No big deal. And I'm like, um, okay. You know, not having any experience. I didn't know what to ask. I didn't know how serious it could get. Or he seemed so casual about it. I was like, he's like, oh, I'm going to give you this ointment. And I'm going to give you the shampoo. And you're going to be good to go. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> You don't know well, what I to think, do with that. Point. And then what you start to do is Google. 
Yes. And you're like, okay, plaque psoriasis. I'm gonna look this up. Like that's what I did. I'm like Hashimoto's. What did the? What is this? Like, oh my god, I'm gonna die. <laughs> and then you know you see like, okay, what is this autoimmune paleo diet? Like, oh my god, I have to cut out absolutely everything in yeah. my life, like alcohol and coffee, which I'm not doing, but I have done in the past. But you know, and then you're like freaking out because you know. Then it tells you. I mean. If you have an autoimmune disease, if it's not controlled, you are very susceptible. Well, you are susceptible to getting more. I think there's, you know, over 180 autoimmune diseases that they've now found. It's like, okay, so if you have Hashimoto's, you can get psoriasis. You can get um, uh, Graves' disease or HS maybe. I don't know. Sojourners is another one that that, comes with mm -hmm. it. Yeah. It was terrifying. My aunt actually had... uh, RA lupus, and I recently had a cousin that was diagnosed with lupus. I have a very good friend with lupus, and that's it terrifies me because like you can't. I if I sneeze, I'm like, no, I'm sorry, I'm not coming over. <laughs> yeah, like I, it's too risky. I don't want to get you sick. Yeah, and you do. You read it that like this is going to trigger X, Y, and Z, and mm-hmm. especially with psoriasis, the first thing you Google is not somebody's little crusty elbow. It is somebody that's like 90% body yeah. covered. And I'm like, I'm going to turn into a dragon. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm nobody's going to love me and I'm going to be disgusting. I'm going to be bedridden and never leave my house. That was like where my mind went. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it is super scary after diagnosis. It, 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 and it's like, you just have no idea. But um, it helps to have a partner that's really supportive. I know I have one. He's been there from every step of the way through this process oh, and yeah. it, honestly if i hadn't had him i probably still wouldn't have gotten diagnosed cuz he was the one that was like something is wrong with you this is not normal right. you know and i've also i've even said you know i talk with my business coach every so often and i'll come in and we'll be working together and he's he's like how you feeling i'm like i'm tired i'm tired you know i said is it normal for somebody to wake up tired and be tired all day until they go to bed at night. He's like, nope, I feel good. I wake up refreshed. I'm like, what is that like? What is it like to wake up right. and feel like, oh, I feel good today? Because it's it's just a different norm that I have, you know? Yeah. So, well, I got lucky. My husband's been, he was the one who also said, like, if you need to go see a doctor, go see a doctor. It's no big deal. Like, and well, don't just go to one doctor. Right. Go to another doctor. Do what you get have another. To do. You know. I actually found a great naturopath to work with, and unfortunately, naturopaths don't usually take health insurance. Yeah. So she is worth every penny. My first appointment was two and a half hours long. I cannot complain about the money I spent. Yeah. But for me, like I was like, oh, like this is a lot of money. And yeah. Like, I can't keep coming here all the time. And my husband's like, just do it. Like you have to take care of yourself. Yeah. Like, you're no good to anybody if you're not taking care of yourself. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a, it's, that's a good point because my diagnosis, I actually had my thyroid tested three times, and I was within normal range. I was fine, and eventually I, you know, my boyfriend was like, go see somebody else. So I went to a, a naturopath, and she's the one that diagnosed me. And I was just like, how is this even possible, you know, I was tested and she, there's such a range. Yeah. So it's, you have to go see 
a second opinion, a third opinion, even a fourth opinion opinion if you have to, and it does get kind of pricey. But once you kind of get through that initial shock of spending all that money and you get everything under control, then it was worth it, every oh, penny, because you know you're functioning, you're feeling better, you don't have pain, or your you know psoriasis is less, and it's worth it to to go see somebody else and it's it's if you have that somebody in your life that's like come on come on go to the doctor this isn't right that is also a huge help to have that support too because it's difficult going through this process and you don't have any idea what's going on and you're acting crazy and they don't know what's going right. on and they're trying to be <laughs> supportive and you're a total nut job <laughs> i think the hardest part was because I, the dermatologist i saw was so kind of generic in his diagnosis. He didn't say, okay, well, let's talk about this. Like, mm-hmm. How are you feeling? Like, these are the things that could come up. These are some of the symptoms you're probably going to experience. And I don't know if it was just that particular doctor or if it's this whole Google phenomenon where they know you're going to go home and Google it and learn all about it. Like, uh, Maybe. I don't know, but I just feel like even with the dermatologist five years ago with my HS, they didn't give me any information. They didn't say, here's what you have. Here's the symptoms. Here are the things you're going to experience. Nobody said any of that. Yeah. So I did a lot of the research on my own, and I'm like, finding out fatigue is, chronic fatigue is a huge part of having an autoimmune disease. Yep. And I'm like, oh, it's not just because I'm broken. Yeah. Like, I got to the <laughs> point where I thought, I go to my husband, I'm like, in tears, like, I'm sorry that the house isn't clean. I'm sorry the dishes aren't done. Please don't leave me. <laughs> I love you, but I just, I can't, like, I can't explain it. I don't know why I'm so tired all the time. And then come to find out. That's part of it. It's part of yeah. it. It's not because I'm lazy. It's not because I don't want to do things. It's, yeah. And it's not even, I mean, it's not that you're tired. It is that you are so tired that it physically hurts hurts that your body hurts that your eyes hurt that it's like painful to keep your eyes open yeah. and I, I I think people think that it's you're like oh you're tired everybody's tired like but no it is it is to that extreme it's like if you're on a road trip and you've been driving a car for five seven hours and you've just been driving and driving and driving and driving and you're at that point where you're almost to the end of your trip that you're so exhausted you just want to get there it's kind of that feeling where you're like can't do it anymore I have to close my eyes and (laughs) I would sleep you know what before I was diagnosed I was sleeping like 15 16 hours a day I mean it was insane I would get up in the morning go to work come home eat lunch sleep for two hours go back to work come home, eat dinner, go back to sleep, wake up for like two hours, and then go back to sleep for the night. It was totally insane. Yeah, I was going to bed at, like, the kid goes to bed at 8. I'm like, okay, we're, you know, my (laughs) husband's (laughs) got a physical job, so at the end of the day, he's like, all right, let's go to sleep. I'm down for that. (laughs) Like, But I'd sleep, you know, 10, 11, 12 hours sometimes. And And still wake up and feel like you're – Hit in the face with a frying pan. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And then I'm just like, I don't understand. And it's so frustrating for other people to not understand. Like, we're kind of going through this thing like, you know, I'm out, I'm about, I'm feeling good. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Got to do it now. Otherwise, it ain't getting done. (laughs) And they don't understand. They're like, no, I'm pretty tired. I want to go in for that. I'm like, you got me dressed up. You got me out. Yeah. We're going to go until they close because otherwise, it'll probably be three months before I feel this good again. Yeah. 
And then you also, on the other side of that, I kind of pay for that sometimes. Yep. And it's it's a really hard balance to understand that I have to be careful with, like, how hard I push myself. And really listen to your body on top of it all. Yeah. So tell me kind of what things you've changed about your life and lifestyle that have helped you to adjust to having this and knowing what it is and feeling better. Well, the first thing I did was I left my job um, and took another position closer to home, set hours because I was working as a cosmetic retail manager. Mm -hmm. So there were days I would work at 8.45 to 5, and the next day I would work 2 to 10, and then I'd open again. And then on Saturdays we're open till 11, and I'm on my feet all day, which was just getting to the point where, like, I would be standing at my counter just exhausted. And I'm like, I shouldn't. And I kept telling the girls, like, I don't understand why I'm so tired all the time. Like, we're all doing the same job. I don't don't feel like I should be this tired. But they're like, oh, well, you have a kid. You have a tiny human at home. You know, things like that. Like, you make excuses for it. You try and reason with it. So I got a job. I went back to a desk job, which consistency right and that is actually that's true for me too I know you know I fixed my schedule even though my schedule is kind of weird I work in the mornings and afternoons but this is my schedule and I actually like put in time in my schedule for like a mid-afternoon nap I know that seems silly but I have to otherwise I can't make it through a full day you know I have my seven to Noon clients, I come home, I eat lunch, and I have to take a nap, even if it's 10 minutes sometimes. You know, that's time that I have to have. Otherwise, by the end of the week, I am just dead. Yeah, the job I I had taken was a half mile from home, 8 to 5 Monday through Friday. So my weekends are freed up for my family stuff. But I was like, I can go home and take a nap in the middle of the day. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, I go home, I eat. Sometimes I would even just go home and sleep and take my lunch back to the office with me. Because I just, I could not physically keep my eyes. I was falling asleep at my desk. Yeah. Not, like, noticeably. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But, you know, the point where, like, I was ready to tape my eyelids open. (laughs) And I'm like, I've only been here for three hours. Like, this is unreasonable. It I And it seems unreasonable. It's, like, you should be able to do this, but you really can't. It's... It's so hard to explain for to people and for people to understand. They're like, what's your problem? You yeah. Know? Well, you slept, like, I only slept five hours last night. I'm yeah. Here and oh, I hear that all the time. Like, all the time. I'm like, great for you. I can't do that. Yeah. I cannot do that. Yeah, my dad's like that. My dad <laughs> sleeps, I swear, he sleeps, like, in three-hour shifts, like, twice a night. Like, he's up in the middle of the night. He's up at the crack of dawn. He stays up late. And, and like, he's fine all day. And I remember, I used to do that. I used to sleep for five hours and then work all day. And then in college, you know, oh, yeah. go to school all day. And then I'd go to work. And then I'd stay out all night. Yep, same. Sleep for three hours. I'm like, okay, I'm good to go. Pass me a monster. We're going. Yep, and I would work 10, 11-hour 10, days, two or three jobs sometimes I had at a time while in college. Yep. Totally fine. And that what I thought, you know, when I turned 30, because that's about – that's when I got diagnosed. I was just telling my boyfriend at the time, I'm like, babe, I, you know, I'm just, I'm turning 30. I mean, I'm maybe just I'm just, now. I'm just getting older. I'm not 22 anymore. And he's like, no, I don't think so. It's not. Like, that was how I felt too. It's yep. like, I have a kid. I work hard. Like I come home and I do more work. And then, you know, all these things are going around 
in your head that like no it has to be normal right yeah like there's nothing wrong with me yeah I'm just tired because mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a girlfriend who sleeps all the time there's nothing wrong with her she's just a sleeper like she'll sleep till noon and I'm like I'm up at six no matter what time I go to bed like six seven o'clock I have kind of a time clock like for me now you know I'm I take thyroid medication every day but I'm eight hours on the dot from the moment I go to sleep I wake up eight hours later unless I have just run myself way too hard and my body just shuts down you know I think I got 11 hours of sleep this past Wednesday because I was just done crashed couldn't keep my eyes open I literally got in bed at eight o'clock fell asleep and slept straight through until seven o'clock the next morning because your body just is telling you like you're done yeah you're done knock it off sorry so tell me what kind of things you've changed in your diet. Has that helped you at all? Do you feel like eliminating Absolutely. certain things? So I went to the naturopath, found uh-huh. out I'm allergic to dairy. Okay. So that alleviated a lot of sinus and stomach issues that I've had for my whole life. That you never knew you even had? I thought that's <laughs> just how people were. Like I thought I just, I have a very small nose and people are like, oh, it's because you have a small nose. You probably have small sinuses. But that's what people would, like, attribute it to. Like, yeah. I always had, like, sinus issues and, like, always, like, sick to my stomach. And I thought, oh, maybe I'm a little sensitive to dairy. Like, that cheesecake was worth it. <laughs> and come to find out, she goes, no, 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 look at the back of your throat. And she took me in to see a mirror. Beet red. She goes, when's the last time you had dairy? I said, I had ice cream last night. She goes, stop eating dairy. <laughs> oh. And I thought, I'm from the Midwest. Cheese is, like, a food group on its own. Like, yeah, how right. do you give that up? But it was weird. Like, as soon as I realized I was going to feel better, it was so easy. And I was like, okay. I thought dairy would be a hard one for me. And what I did initially was just switch over to almond milk. Yeah. Almond milk or coconut water or or just not drink milk at all. So, I I mean, I that one was an easy one for me. But I loved milk. I would drink See, milk I've all the time. I'm a milk person, but I am a big fan of cream sauces and sour cream and cream mm. cheese, cheesecake, like <laughs> everything that's bad for you with dairy that's mixed with sugar, I was like all over it. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously in moderation, but, you know, if it was one of those things where I was like, okay, well, let's just see how it goes. Mm-hmm. And my son had a constant runny nose and she goes, well, he's probably allergic too. <laughs> so we took him off dairy six weeks, no more runny nose. Huh. So I'm like, it's amazing how much that made me feel better. Yeah. And then before I had seen the naturopath doing all my Google due diligence, uh-huh. I found out gluten tends to be a major trigger. Mm-hmm. So I had to cut out gluten. And I thought one night at a birthday party, I had salad and like brought my own snacks and, you know, were there way too long. And I got hungry and there was pizza. And I thought, well, it's probably not really doing anything. I'm just going to eat it. Forget about it. I'm just going to eat it. Whatever. It's fine. And the next morning, every single one of my batches of psoriasis were bright red, and they itched so bad for, like, two days. Wow. So when I did see the naturopath, she talked about doing all this blood work, and we can do a gluten test, but you have to eat gluten for four to six weeks in order to take the test. You have to eat it. So you have to have enough gluten in your system to show results. Wow. And she goes, but you kind of already did that on your own. so Pretty much immediately. Yeah, and I was like, I don't really want to, to do that to myself just to get a definitive answer. Like, I'm pretty sure I figured out it doesn't make me feel good, so I don't want it. And then I did um, 
do about a month of the AIP diet recently. Mm-hmm. How'd that go? It's very stressful. <laughs> I got to the point where I thought, you know, stress is a trigger for me, and I know that, and I almost feel like the stress of it was starting to, like, wear me down a little bit. Yeah. Um, the basics are easy, you know, meat and vegetables. Right. A little bit of fruit. Right. And stay away from, you know, things that are processed. Grains, um, no grains, no processed foods, beans, no legumes. beans or legumes, no eggs. Um, I can't even remember um, what else. There's, there's capsaicin, more. eggplant, potatoes. Uh, yeah, yep, nightshades. No nightshades, no starches. So basically, your it's basically meats and fish, um, organic meats and fish, and then vegetables. Um, I think you have to stay, yeah, so you have to stay away from, like, cauliflower. Oh, no, cauliflower. No, cauliflower is fine, sorry. Um, so no tomatoes, no peppers, no... White potatoes um, or ba- white potatoes, the, the naughty yeah, list. you know, and it it wasn't as when I did it, it wasn't as hard as I thought it would be. But I already was on a process of eliminating a lot of those things anyway. Right. And then what I did was just kind of add them back. I stayed off gluten. I was one hundred percent gluten free, and all like ninety eight percent egg free for about six months. And then I slowly added it back. Eggs, to me, I used to eat eggs all the time, and I developed a sensitivity to them, and they would make me sick. So I had to completely cut those out. And it's like, it's hard, but then once you kind of get into the groove of different recipes and and things you can eat, and you're like, okay, I have this all the time, it gets a little bit easier. Oh, yeah. I think the one of the first things I made for myself was I made this – turkey bacon or no apple turkey breakfast hash uh-huh so it was like kale butternut squash apples cinnamon a little bit of coconut oil to cook the turkey in and oh and white like just regular onion mm-hmm. and i thought all right well here goes nothing and it was so good my, my five-year-old was eating it yeah and i'm like you can't complain about that and it's good for you and i don't feel like crap after i eat it the one thought that crossed my mind over and over every time I ate it was like, this would be so good with a fried egg on top. <laughs> so I like, it's been really fun getting to know all these new recipes because I've always loved to cook. I grew up in a household that was very, very healthy. Mm-hmm. My mom was very concerned with health. And in high school, I moved in with my dad and my stepmom, who are from Upper Michigan, meat, potatoes, Bread, like bread and butter on the table yep. every day at dinner. Every meal. <laughs> and whole milk. But it was, I found all kinds of great fresh chicken recipes and roasted vegetables. And I think the hardest and the most difficult part was we're on the go so much yeah. that I have to carve out that time to cook and prep. Like the, the one pan of breakfast hash feeds me for the whole week yeah. for breakfast. And then, you know, I try to cook certain nights of the week I know we're gone in the evenings for sports and activities Mm -hmm. so I try to cook the night before for two nights and then um you know just make sure that I have things that I can eat that I can grab quickly quickly yeah and that makes it a lot easier that's why when I when I wrote my cookbook um I wrote it with that in mind busy people quick meals easy recipes that take short periods of time. Um, but I also wrote it for people after 
doing the autoimmune protocol or autoimmune paleo protocol because you kind of want to get back into normal life. And what happens is you eliminate all these things and then you can slowly add them back and see how you react to them. If you react to them, you know that that's something you have to stay away from. If you don't, then, you know, you can add them back to things you love. I mean, it sucks to have to cut out things that you love. But I mean, cheese, obviously, you can probably never, you can have every so often. But if you eat cheese every single day, you're going to have a reaction every single day. So, you know, you have to know that if I'm going to eat a piece of cheese, I'm going to have a reaction. And that's just how it is. So, yeah. And so far, I have tested that theory. And it has not been worth it. No. I did, uh, was it a couple weeks ago, we were at a birthday party for a friend of ours and his wife had gotten an ice cream cake. And I'm like, and my poor son is standing there like, I can't, I can't eat this. I said, mommy can't eat it either. So I think that helps Uh because I have a little buddy that always understands that we can't eat that. And when he wasn't looking, I told my husband, I said, let me just taste the frosting. Instantly my throat was itchy. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Yep. That little... This is ridiculous. So it's really not worth it because it just drove me crazy the rest of the night. And I felt guilty yeah. for having done it to myself. Yeah. Like, it doesn't bother. Nobody else cares if I eat it. Nobody else is bothered by it. Nope. But they also don't care if I don't eat it. So, yeah. Like, the and there are so many other options, too. You know, oh, there yeah. are so many options now, especially, like, we eat gluten-free pasta in our house if we want pasta. The Barilla gluten-free pasta, we feed it to people all the time. They you don't know. know. They have no idea. Now they're all going to know because they're going to listen to this. But I'm feeding you gluten-free pasta when you're at my house. So there you go. You would never know the difference. So there's so many options. It's not even worth it. You know, even with if you want snacks, there's all kinds of different snacks. I actually, you know, my boyfriend's mom, his family was out here a couple weeks ago, and she bought these quinoa chips, and everybody kind of was making fun of her. And then when she left, I ate them all because I was like, these are actually really good. <laughs> I, I like these quinoa chips. So yeah. yeah, I'm lucky. I have a good food support system around me because my husband has basically put it on the table and eat it. He doesn't care what it is. Yeah. I mean, he's like, you always make delicious food. And I'm like, you always kiss my butt. Aww. So it's very sweet of him. I'm like, but seriously, if something's not good, let me know. I won't make it again. Yeah. But for the most part, he's not a picky eater. So feeding him... Way easier than feeding the five-year-old who wants chicken nuggets all the time. Yeah. And he, my five-year-old, his favorite food is, like, shrimp and clams and mussels. Not normal for a five-year-old. I don't know. But then I'm like, here's, here's, we made steak. And he's like, I don't want that. (laughs) Okay, little weirdo. I love you, but you're a little weirdo. But Uh, Kids are kids, aren't they? (laughs) My brother and sister-in-law are vegan. My, one of my very closest friends, they're completely plant-based, which means no oil, no nothing. And so I'm literally three miles away from cashew queso anytime I need it, which is really nice. But I can imagine doing this without a support system or even if I lived alone would be super hard because I don't have anyone kind of reminding me and reassuring me that, like, you're doing this for yourself. You're doing this so that you can feel better. And And I care how you feel. Yes. So I, I might be probably more of a selfish thing for them, though, because <laughs> it might be. if you feel better, then I don't have to deal with you. <laughs> exactly. But it is hard because there was a time where I went through where I was very depressed and upset about everything because yep. I didn't have the energy to keep up with my own son. Yeah. And to be at 
my husband, you know, he's like, we got a babysitter. I've got a hockey game at 11 o'clock tonight. But I want you to come to the game. And I'm like, no way. I can't stay up that late. But I've noticed the more I'm in the gym and the healthier and better I'm eating, then I'm not as tired. Yeah. I've got three different uh, plaques that have cleared. Nice. I've got, like, fresh, real skin growing around the rest of them. I've always been an instant gratification kind of person. I think everybody is. Don't feel bad. <laughs> and so, like, I'm like, this isn't working. Nothing's helping. I'm just going to, you know, die alone in a pile of my own skin flakes, and we're going to call it a day. <laughs> like, nothing will ever help me. And mind you, I'm trying to do all this without getting put on heavy medications yeah. and biologics, and I refuse to do steroids because... I already know how my weight reacts to that, and yep. my weight affects my mood so much more than I would like to admit. So I know my very first dermatology appointment, he mentioned that Humira would be really great for me because it's also recently been approved to treat HS. Mm-hmm. And as someone who has wanting to have that clear skin and, like, oh, you, like, dangle the carrot, and I'm, like, reading about all these biologics, they shut your immune system off. That's how they work yeah. for the most part. And I'm like, I can't be. Send, you can't be around a child. I cannot send a <laughs> five-year-old that's the starting kindergarten. I cannot have them bring super kid germs into my house and yeah. not have an immune system to back me up, at least to some extent. Yeah. So I'm trying to do everything I possibly can to avoid expensive medications that I are going to have side effects. And, yep. you know, you treat one problem with creating another. Yes. Well, Thank you for coming on and sharing your story. Um, I know there's a lot of people that relate to it. I'd never heard of HS before, so that's a new one for me. Which So thanks for <laughs> teaching me something new. Um, but honestly, it's, it's good to know that there are other people out there going through the same thing that you're going through, understanding the same thing that you do. And everybody went to Google, I'm sure. Everybody that gets diagnosed, every single person. You can't tell me that you don't because right. you freak out. You freak out and you're like thinking you're dying, which you're not. You're going to be fine. It's a process. It's taken me six years and it's still a process to go through. But there's light at the end of the tunnel. You start to feel better. You start to feel normal, air quotes, whatever normal is, because your new norm is totally different. And that's, I think, the biggest thing to understand is you're not going to be the same. Right. But that doesn't mean it has to be bad. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing everything. And um, if you have any questions, um, if you're interested in learning a little (coughs) bit more about uh, my cookbook, I'll have notes on that. And, uh, yeah, thanks, everybody, for listening today. And we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Fit Minute podcast, Fitness for Real People, with me, your host, Gabby Mazar. If you would like any more information on what we talked about today, you can find it in the show notes or you can find it on my website, www.healthybodyworksaz.com. Please leave us a review if you like what you hear or subscribe to our channel on iTunes or whatever platform you listen to. Join us next week to hear more stories about people just like you. 